Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So as Derek Chauvin is looking for a retrial based on a juror who may have lied on a form, based on the antics of Representative Maxine Waters, based on the question of whether or not he could have gotten a fair trial in Hennepin County, this for the death of George Floyd. A federal grand jury has indicted the four cops that were quote-unquote involved. Of course, Derek Chauvin with his knee on the neck, and then the three other officers who were around. Violating his constitutional rights, George Floyd's rights. The indictment was unsealed uh, uh, just, well, just today, really. Three of the officers uh, charged with violating Floyd's right to be free from unreasonable seizure and excessive force. And then all four being charged with their failure to provide Floyd with medical care. Now, this conversation actually leads me into something I was going to get to yesterday. And I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to. Which is the idea of one word away. It is so amazing that as people are discussing this case and we're discussing the charges against uh, Derek Chauvin and then, of course, the guilty verdict on not only second-degree manslaughter but also third-degree murder and second-degree murder. It was shocking to see all three. I mean, I certainly figured second-degree manslaughter. And based on the laws of Minnesota, I could say to myself and I could see, yeah... Third degree murder, because third degree murder doesn't exist as a charge everywhere. It's it's peculiar in 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 Minnesota, but I, I could see where that was absolutely possible. Second degree murder. Well, what happens if the jury decided to go down this road to ensure they didn't get attacked or bothered because they knew every day they walked into the courthouse because they were not sequestered and they were walking past concrete barriers and barbed wire that they would get attacked and they would get doxxed if they were to do anything wrong. If they weren't to provide the verdict, I should say, uh, that was being demanded from people like Representative Maxine Waters, who was also encouraging violence as she does. It's who she is. It's who she is. So so there, there are questions. Well, within having that conversation, exactly how close do you get to being called a racist and having people demand that you get fired? This is the idea of something I call one word away. In this world, which to an extent is not so much different from your world, right? You, you have a job, you have a business, you go to work, you do your things, and there are times that you have not been able to speak out. Because by doing so, whether it's speaking to a coworker or whether it's it's the idea of, of posting something on social media that can come back to haunt you right that will come back to hurt you and you and you can be fired your business could be hurt and you decide not to it's a horrible way to have to live that other people are allowed to say uh, what what they want and yet you are not because uh, when they say what they want people just go that's terrible when you say what you want people come to hurt you 
So when we talk about fascism, understand that fascism is a tool. The anti-fascists are fascists. They lie when Antifa says, oh, no, we're against fascism. You're the fascists. And fascism is used, in this case, as a tool to silence other people. I'm a believer in this. Fascism does not exist on the political spectrum. Fascism is a tool of people on the political spectrum to get what they want. But what happens when you're not just a phrase away? but you're one word away. So I've been explaining to some people lately that your favorite radio hosts, your favorite television hosts, are one word away from losing everything. You understand that I'm not a subject away. I am not a phrase away. One wrong word, my career is over and the answer is okay <laughs> i mean if you're doing it right what was the dave portnoy story right the guy who runs barstool sports he did an interview with a magazine and i forget the name of the magazine it was like nantucket magazine or something all right so all right and then next thing you know people are getting upset with the magazine how could you interview this guy and how can you talk to me so terrible and look at him about women and then the magazine was like oh yeah you know we shouldn't have done that we're sorry and portnoy's response was hey why don't you go blank yourself i didn't do anything wrong these people don't like me who cares what are you what are you falling for for their nonsense for you know what f these people and he's right and he's right. In Portnoy's place, however, he owns the ship. Right? And these are all free speech issues. But as we know, free speech is, is not allowed. Understand that the people who want to talk about a kinder, gentler world don't actually believe in free speech. You don't have a right to speak. What are we talking about? One phrase away, one comment away, one word away. I live under one word away. I mean, I do own my own business. Don't get me wrong. But I also work at stations. And if the stations don't have me on, it's kind of hard to run the business. Yes, you can run it online in other places. That take, that, that's a different business model and methodology. One word away. What is it like to live under that? Well, first, let's, let's be clear. It is not so much different for me as it is for you or vice versa. It's that you may have, because of a lack of a microphone, a touch more leeway, certainly in the amount of people who hear you. And it may not be a specific word. For me, it could not only be a specific word, it could be a word that people don't even understand what it means, but they hear it a certain way. And every day, you understand that in the society... You're one word away. And so there becomes a question when that happens of, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, why do this? Why engage? Why make a comment? Why put it out there? And the only answer I can give you is, I don't know what else to do. And I wonder sometimes how many people feel the way I do on this subject. How can I not respond to the bigotry? 
How can I not respond to stand up for the country? How can I not put forth an idea that would be better for free and thinking people? How do I not share what I see is wrong and then ideas about what I see is right? How do I not? And, and, and I say it from a, a place of, of compulsion. I don't have the ability not to. But there does come a moment where you're like, oh, forget this. This is nonsense. This is ridiculous. This life, this lifestyle... Living in some constant level of, of, of fear? Who needs this? It, it is to that that you, you see what happens, right? Pe- people decide they're going to try and moderate, and then it gets seen as, as inauthentic. So the person who fears that they're one word away then goes to a place where they become inauthentic, and the only thing that is true, and you and I both know it, if a host is inauthentic with the audience, the audience is like, yeah, we, we don't need you. Game over, man. Game over. And that's it. That's it. It's done. So it, 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 you're, you're, you're in this very, very strange spot. I, don't, I could not imagine the idea of being inauthentic. But I can imagine the very idea of uh, sharing that this political landscape is beyond nuts and has no slowing down to it. That I have no option but to share what I'm seeing out there and discuss why it's an issue. But I I feel that it's got to get better balanced out. Exactly how much of this can people take all day, all the time? gotta man there's still some good in the world there's still good things happening you gotta you gotta go search those things out well it's a sunny day i feel brand new there's about a million things that i could do and i just wanted you to know that you're going to be hearing more of that on, on, on this show I've got a lot of things I want to cover, a lot more entertainment things that I want to do. But I, as, as long as I'm on the air, man, I, I'm one word away. And the answer is okay. Because I can't not have the conversations as they come. I can't not say the thing. And I think that, that good hosts are, are doing just that, sharing it as it is. But it's it's it's... Talk about a, a, a level of, of, of heavy that you're under all the time in this world. And it, it, it's not just uh, me. It's, it's, it is your favorite radio host, and it is TV host, and it is podcasters, and, and a whole host of others. That's why I suggest being supportive of them uh, to the extent that you can as much as you can. They're all just one word away. It used to be you can put an idea out there. It used to be you can make a mistake. The, the powers that be are trying to have it as one word away. And that's why you got to keep going. Because otherwise, you won't have any words left at all. I'm Tony Katz.
So is the mayor of Atlanta going on to the Biden administration? Keisha Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, announcing that she is not seeking re-election. I know, I don't think she was a good mayor, but she probably would have won re-election. I think it's interesting that she's not. When you have faith and you play uh, for God's wisdom and guidance, it is abundantly clear to me today that it's time to pass the baton on to someone else. So I'm wondering whether or not she's got a gig in the Biden administration or is it that she's one word away, right? I saw a, 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 a bit of video that I, I, I couldn't share. And it involved people showing up at Keisha Bottoms' house, Mayor Bottoms' house. And with a bullhorn, their neighbors and everything else, they're yelling at her. There's a reason you're called Bottoms. Why don't you come out and talk to us, Keisha? Why don't you come out and face us, Keisha? And then the woman on the bullhorn, black woman, referred to Mayor Keisha Bottoms, a black woman, as the N-word in the house. You could put that together yourself. And a cop said, Ma'am, there are children in the home if, if you, if you uh, use vulgar language again. And she actually said, the woman on the bullhorn said, what I say? <laughs> you, you can't make that up. You cannot make that up. Here is a case maybe of somebody who's like, look, no matter what I do, there, there's a group of, of radical leftists who are going to say it's, it's not enough. And no one should be surprised by this. As we've said many times, you created the beast. The beast has to feed. Someone is always guilty. Someone is always not doing enough. Someone is always not woke enough. Someone always has to be destroyed. This is what you created. It's just things we know. It's like, it's like the border. Senator Kirsten Cinema, Democrat, she gets it. The border's in crisis. The reality is, is that this is a crisis. We all know it. And the federal government must do more to address this surge of migrants who are coming to the border with increasing numbers each year. And I'm like, you probably know this, but we're looking at numbers this year that are the highest numbers of crossings that we've seen in 20 years in Arizona. So we, we really are seeing how this problem has exacerbated and gotten worse. Yes. Now, what she's going to be told is, how dare you call it a crisis? But as we, as we know from, uh, from Henry Cuellar, right? The Biden administration is playing a shell game. They're trying to take pictures of facilities that hold migrant children that are mostly empty to say, see, we've got the problem under control. Henry Cuellar. Democrat out of Texas is like, no, no, no. They're just moving the kids from facility to facility to make it look empty. Giant shell game. I mean, that's just crazy. But it's true. And I'm very happy to see these people speaking honestly. There may be a host of subjects that I disagree with Henry Cuellar on. But I, I, uh, when he's right, we should say so.
Then there's the story of Matthew Perry. Have you heard the story there, Producer Ari? Matthew Perry from Friends. He's 51, by the way. And there's a story that he met a woman on a dating app. And she's on TikTok. And she says she was just 19 when uh, Matthew Perry matched with her on a dating app last May. May I ask what the problem is? She's 19 years old, right? Maybe Matthew Perry likes the idea of a 19-year-old. Maybe he thinks she's hot. Maybe he thinks she's nice. Maybe it's a million things. But she's of age and he's of age. Uh, What's the issue? Oh, it's creepy. Well, I guess you could say it's creepy. I won't even disagree with you. But did he break the law? Did he do anything wrong? And this woman admits that, quote, despite Perry not making any sexual innuendos during the chat, she claimed that she felt a bit uncomfortable due to their age gap. Well, then why are you talking to him? Talk to somebody else. This is a story meant to attack Matthew Perry. Chandler on Friends. The guy has had some drug issues. The guy has had some other issues. I'm sorry to see that for him. But you know what he did wrong here? Nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. This story that that tries to put him in the dirty light is ugly. Ugly and unworthy. Um, don't chat with Matt Perry on social apps. Maybe go to a bar and meet somebody instead. I'm Tony Katz, not the 19-year-old. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Mother's Day this weekend. Everyone's going to get together with their favorite birthing people and say happy birthing people's day. Wait, what? Birthing people. No, no, no. They're, 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 they're not parents. They're not moms. They're birthing people. What, what, are you, what are you referring to? I'm referring to a hearing that took place where... Representative Cory Bush made the claim that every day black birthing people and our babies die because our doctors don't believe our pain. My children almost became a statistic. I almost became a statistic. And then she went into a story about how uh, her doctor didn't listen to her and almost got her and her baby killed. Well, what I believe, what I don't believe, I'll, I'll leave that to others. But black birthing people, what in the world is black birthing people? What in the world is birthing people? And you could be like, all right, that's Representative Cori Bush, and she's a, she's a bit of a nutter, the progressive. Right, nobody else is making the claim of black birthing people or birthing people in general. Leaders here in the halls of Congress and across the country have developed policies to systemically shift the way we approach health care for birthing people of color and promote programs and resources 
that are proven to reduce the rates of maternal mortality in these communities. All right, that's Representative Maloney, the chairwoman of the committee. But I mean, that's that's just a weird coincidence, right, Corey? Bush is talking about birthing people, and now and now uh, Representative Maloney is talking about birthing people. It's it's just a weird, weird coincidence. That that, that that's not a, a a thing. Specifically, the federal government should support access to and the provision of patient-centered, data-driven, quality maternal care, enhance coverage and support for birthing people during the postpartum period, and address... Holy cow, this is a thing. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Instagram, Parler, Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com. What are birthing people? Well, of course, birthing people are moms. Birthing people are moms. We call them moms. Sometimes we call them mother. Some people may call them mummy, depending on how big the yacht is. They're moms. That's what they are. Why in the world would you call them birthing people? Oh, yes, that's right. When you live in a woke society where you cannot even admit that men are not women and women are not men, you don't assign a role of motherhood. They are just people who give birth. And they're not necessarily just women. The diseased mind at play. Oh, I'm not talking about the person who thinks they're this or that. I'm talking about the people who buy in. Say it again and do it right. Women are not men and men are not women. There's no attack when I say that. There's no assault when I say that. There's no ugliness when I say that. That is just fact. And men don't give birth. Men have never given birth. Men cannot give birth. Unless they are a seahorse, men do not give birth. Where this is not a debate. NARAL, which is the abortion rights people. When we talk about birthing people, we're being inclusive. It's that simple. We use gender-neutral language when talking about pregnancy because it's not just cisgendered women that can get pregnant and give birth. Reproductive freedom is for everybody. No, it's not. And you're lying to people. You don't believe in science. You should not be allowed a driver's license. Women give birth. It is gendered. It's not gender neutral. There is nothing about giving birth that is gender neutral. Why would I ever support anything that takes away the most fundamental beauty of a woman away from her? Now, some women can't give birth. That's terrible. And I don't want anyone to think that I somehow think those women are less beautiful. I'm making a point that is clearly understood, that it is women who give birth, and as a society, we take a look at that very act and we say, wow. And we put that on a pedestal. And I would argue rightfully so. No man gives birth. No man will ever give birth. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter if they're insulted by this conversation. I don't care. I'm never going to lie to my children. I'm never going to lie to your children. I'm never going to lie to you. The idea that you would call them birthing people is so radically ignorant as to be believed. And these people are violent and dangerous. They are liars and they are fools. And they are absolutely positively sick. That word is the one that's going to get me in trouble. Remind me to talk about one word away.
But if you won't admit that it's women who give birth, you're sick. No, 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 no. Let me let me rephrase. If you will not admit that it's women who give birth and you are angry at anybody who admits the fact that it's women who gives birth, then you're sick. You're just messed up. You're ridiculous. Maybe I shouldn't say sick, but I should say ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're pathetic. But what you really are is dangerous. You're dangerous because you are so built into the lie that look what you're willing to do. Attack people. Attack them for not going along with facts, but going along with your pseudo-intellectual fantasy. I share this with you, a part two, not about birthing people. By the way, happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. It's a story about a book. And I bring it to this story because it has to do with what you as a a person, and let's say a parent, what you need to need to be able to recognize within yourself, right? People don't know necessarily sometimes how to fight back against uh, the bigotry and the madness and the ridiculousness. So so I want to share with you an idea. So there's a story about uh, first graders being uh, read a book. First graders at a, a, a school in Washington State concerned that a teacher read to the class a book called I Am Jazz. And it's a children's book that illustrates the transition of a two-year-old biological boy into a girl. And it was read to first grade students of the Bellingham School District. And parents are like, what in the world do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? Why would you be reading this uh, to, to, to first graders? And the teacher replied, yes, I did read the book. As a district, we are working hard to support all members of our school community and promote inclusion through understanding and compassion. First graders need to know about transgender? No. No, no they don't. Everything about that statement is wrong, and the people who support that idea are, of course, wrong. Now, the question is, how do you deal with this? And when I say, of course, they're wrong, they're going to tell me that I'm a bigot. And the answer is, a first grader doesn't know anything about these things. What are you doing? For what reason would you introduce this to them? Unless, of course, this is what you want for them, and you're trying to teach them to go about the things you're interested in, which is really, really twisted. That you want first graders uh, saying, hey, it's okay uh, if, if you say you're this or that or the other, putting the thought into their head, that's messed up. You've got a desire that's really hard to understand. But what do you do if you're a parent and a teacher is like, I'm reading this book to your kid? Well, it's, 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 it's a couple of things. One is, well, I guess they're not going to school that day. Uh, two is, uh, no, you're not the teacher for my kid. And you start organizing, you start discussing with, with the school how disgusting this is. Of course it is. Adults make decisions about their life, right? And it's difficult. There are adults who have serious issues with these things. How in the world are kids expected to make this decision? And what kid gets to make this decision? The answer is none. 
child can determine uh, their own uh, uh, medical procedures? That's not what we do. But if you believe that children should have agency, what else should children be able to do? Decide their own relationships and how old uh, the person should be in that relationship? Right? There's a lot of ugliness that comes with this. I don't want that read to my kids. By the way, no two-year-old can decide, oh, wait, I'm a girl. That a two-year-old could dress up or a two-year-old decide that they're a boy, right? That they could dress up. That They're two. That is not indicative of a lifestyle that will be with them for forever. At two years old, my youngest thought he was a garbage truck. Dude, so did I. That's so, like, I was just, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a garbage truck when I grew up. There it is. By the way, no, I am not actually Ari's father. Definitely not. They're kids. But you've got these radical people, the same kind of people who believe that men can give birth, who are going about this, this constant continual push, this constant continual attack on children. Just so you know, you're not supposed to take it. You're not supposed to just take it. They are not in control of anything. Representative Cori Bush can have her opinions, but she's not uh, somebody who gets to decide for you. NARAL doesn't get to decide for you. And no, some teacher who doesn't understand the difference between right and wrong doesn't get to decide. You're the parent. You're in charge. Get the teacher fired. Bring 5,000 parents. Place serious pressure. Pull your kids out. Sit in the classroom. Make the cops arrest you and drag you out by the hundreds. Take the book out of the teacher's hand. You are the parent. You are in charge. I never thought it would be so difficult to make sure parents knew that they were in charge, but they are. You don't like the way math is being taught. Two plus two is four, people. That's never going to change. Books about your, your children deciding what gender they are in first grade? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The teacher's not in charge. You are. You better start uh, flexing your muscle and uh, knowing your worth, right? Start today. I'm Tony Katz. This is a weird bit of manipulation. Follow me here. The story is that COVID hospitalizations in California are at the lowest point since the pandemic start. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. I think this is excellent. I'm very happy to see it. I don't want California suffering with COVID. I'm very happy to see these things uh, at, at low numbers. Then... I heard Jimmy Kimmel, and I try very hard not to listen to the late-night hosts because they are so desperately unfunny. Just horrifically unfunny. They practice it being unfunny. And Jimmy Kimmel, well, this was part of his monologue. 
Angeles, California, where things are looking a little bit brighter every day. Things are getting back to abnormal around here. We're finally back to administering more shots of Botox than the vaccine, which is great. We have officially entered what the state calls the yellow tier. Unfortunately, anyone who's ever driven in L.A. knows nobody slows down for yellow, but... Saunas and steam rooms are allowed to reopen as of today, which is three months ago we were double gloving it at the ATM. Who the hell's getting in a box of steam with strangers right now? Bars can now serve drinks without having to serve food along with the drinks, which is great news for alcoholics who are getting very fat. By the way, after all the talk about how unnecessary the shutdowns were, state of California has the lowest positivity rate in the country by far. They didn't close down Florida. Florida ranks 44th. So the average test positivity rate here in L.A. is 0.7%. The way things are going, if COVID wants to stay in Hollywood, it's going to have to start doing improv, which is, you know, this is. I can't believe he makes more money than I do. Some of that was humorous. I can't believe it. What is not humorous is you had to shut down an entire economy and destroy lives. Florida didn't, and they're 44th? That's a good trade-off. That's a great trade-off. That is a world-class trade-off. Doesn't it show you that the lockdowns didn't actually provide you anything? It wasn't talk about how unnecessary the shutdowns were. They were unnecessary, and they were dangerous. They hurt people. They damaged lives. Why is this so difficult? Why is it so hard for people to just take into their soul? So this dramatic shift, I'm happy about. I, uh, look, I used to live in Los Angeles. And I, I actually loved it. And then I moved uh, to Indiana for, for an opportunity. And I'm, I, I've never looked back. I can't tell you how crazy I am about the Midwest, how happy I am to be here. Sensational. Admittedly, I miss mountains. It's, that's true. The weather's ex- excellent. Everything else, no thank you. I'd much rather be here. This is home. This feels good. But I don't want to see them suffering from COVID. Aren't they doing enough to make themselves suffer? Uh, the taxation issue, uh, the regulation issues, the homeless issues, the crime issues. They got enough on their plate. I don't need this for them. But let's not say that it's because we did the shutdowns. That's just not true. That's a, that's a perversion of the situation. Then there's the story of the TikTok cop. You, uh, you, you, you saw this. You, you heard this. There was this cop who, after uh, LeBron James, NBA, right, was talking about a police officer in Columbus who shot Micaiah Bryant, the 16-year-old, because she had a knife and was stabbing people. And he, uh, LeBron James took his picture and put it out on Twitter with the words, you're next. Now, did he mean for accountability, like Derek Chauvin, former officer Chauvin, or did he mean, like, killed? I think you could have taken it any way you want. I thought it was a very dangerous, dangerous tweet, uh, whether he meant it that way or not. Well, this this cop made a, made a video 
saying, hey, these two people are attacking each other. Let me call LeBron and figure out what to do. Right? It, it, it was well done. And I, I said at the time, I said at the moment it was happening, oh, you know this cop is going to get fired, right? Just so we're all clear, this cop is going to get fired. There was not a question or a doubt in my mind. Well, yeah. That that happened. But he actually got suspended because it turns out he's returning to work. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Idaho. Uh, Deputy uh, Marshal Nate uh, Sylvester is returning to work. And he got a book deal. Right? If you never heard the... Uh, the video here you go right that disturbance we have lebron call my cell phone right away please thank you excuse me sir excuse me no can you put the knife down please sir sir no 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 sir don't stab it no no stop stab stop oh, hold on hold on it's lebron lebron hey yeah it's me again listen i'm out here at this disturbance call and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife what do you think i should do why does that matter yeah lie okay uh well they're both black one guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. Deadly force is completely justified. Uh-huh. I see. So you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person, even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, LeBron. Michael Jordan's the go. What? Nothing. I gotta go. Book deal. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to write about, but I got to assume it's going to sell. LeBron has tried four different ways to explain what he meant by the tweet and how he's going to fight for this and how people used it. No, LeBron did something very foolish and got called out for it. And this cop did something very funny, and I'm glad he's back on the force. This is Tony Katz today.